0: Good afternoon, you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio, and the show is Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at our local print media here in County Clare, particularly the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion, and we have a look and see what's in it this week, and we chat away and see, can we come up with any suggestions, or perhaps, uh, you know, you might have uh, agreed with us or not, but um, we'll we'll say it anyway. My Big welcome to our panel, which is our usual panel. John S. Kelly. Good afternoon, John. Afternoon, Jim. Pat O'Brien. Good afternoon, Pat. Good afternoon, Jim. And David Fleming. David, good afternoon. Good afternoon, James. Looking, I suppose, this week, if we we start this week, perhaps, uh, there's a national issue. And the burning question is our president, Michael D. Higgins. And he has decided not to accept an invitation to attend a church service in Northern Ireland. And I suppose it's caused quite a bit of comment and eyebrows raised, etc. Um, I suppose the question is, uh, ourselves here, uh, was he, did he do the right thing? Or would we prefer that he would accept the invitation? Is it a snub to Queen Elizabeth or is it a snub to Northern Unionists? Or what's the...
1: Janice, what do you yeah. think? I'm just beginning to think about it. I mean, we've been uh, swallowed up with commentary. I was looking at, at David and wondering, does he have... Does he have, <laughs> does he have a direct line to either the Queen or Michael D. Higgins? No, I don't, know. The question, what is the constitutional question here that Michael D. is uh, laying emphasis on in explaining his uh, unwillingness after due consideration, his unwillingness to attend. It's, it's, it's uh, <coughs> His statement
2: uh, re- referred to um, one small little aspect, uh, one small little issue, but nevertheless he made an issue of it, that he was President of Ireland and not President of the Republic of Ireland, mm-hmm. which is true, that is what the Constitution says, And
1: if they changed it, would you... Uh, would it, would? But, it
2: but that Constitution also says or it doesn't say anymore, Articles 2 and 3 of the Constitution, Article 2 stated that th- that, the, uh, that Ireland consisted of the 32 counties, um, and Article 3 said, pending the reunification of the country, the laws of this state shall only apply in the 26 counties. Now, we got rid of those two we articles. We did, yes. And so the President of Ireland is President of the 26 counties, um, now, is it it's, it's it's splitting hairs, isn't it? It is, um, <coughs> President of the Republic of Ireland. President, it's not a reason to refuse an invitation. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure he gets many. He's often probably introduced as President of the Republic of Ireland, f- about from people who may not know it. But I, I don't. There, I don't see any major
1: constitutional problem. Okay. Here. Oh, well, having taken that one, then I have a difficulty uh, with, in fact. Um, Honoring, I don't know whether the word honoring it or commemorating it. You know, the mar- uh, marking. It. Mar- okay. That's and language good. is important. Very, uh, yeah. uh, very. Yeah. Marking uh, d- uh, the uh, partition of the country. Mm. Uh, I'd have difficulty.
2: Is it like okay? We, that. we we mark the end of a war. Often we mm. are mark ambushes. Often, okay. we commemorate them. They're not events that we would have liked to have happened, presumably. But nevertheless, we remember, mm. or we recall, or we mark. Um, I had a conversation with my students, my second-year history students, about this. We should have been talking about other things, but I said we'd get the class going on this. And, oh, you did right. Uh, to my surprise, there was a great deal of activity. Most of them said the president was right. Uh, they wouldn't have attended on the basis of kind of John, what you're hinting at—that it's not something that um, uh, should be marked, the partition of the island. Um, one student actually said, "No, um, I think he should have went because it was uh, it was reflecting the current situation that the Irish state does recognise Northern Ireland. It's a fact. Partition happened. That was a fact." Um, and that I- I- if unification was to ever happen, the nationalists and Republicans, and I think uh, Mr. Higgins is a Republican, um, should s- extend uh, the efforts of reconciliation. Of course, that's what he has been doing for a long time. So it's, it's kind of out of character.
1: Okay, there's one little point he made that um, comes out now as a result of what you've said. And that is, it was, it was a little repast. With a, a sting in it, referring to the DUP infrequent contact and visit into the Republic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you I do. I way? do. And
2: I, I, I listened to Sir Geoffrey Donaldson uh, being interviewed by Cormac O'Hara uh, uh, on one of the um, the 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 RT program in the evenings as well as the drive time. And uh, he was being interviewed. And Cormac him, <laughs> have you come down for any um, celebration, uh, any commemorations? Uh, and in fact, he had. He said he had come down for one, and it's not the one that I would have. That one would immediately jump uh, out at you. It was to. It was in Glasnevin, and it was something to do with Daniel O'Connell. But nevertheless, he said it's not typically what Unionists would tend to do to be remembering mm. a Catholic hero. Um, but uh, yes, but the DUP, Sinn Féin, these are all political parties and mm-hmm. they adopt political standpoints. The President of Ireland and the Queen are usually above that political fray and attempt to reconcile the various different attitudes that are there. I, I think he could have went... Now remember also, it was this is a church ceremony. There's no political statements, no speeches, lots of prayers presumably, that's
1: about it. Why did they put the wording as is? Because this has been going on yeah. between the Department of Foreign Affairs and London for quite some time. Yeah, It's only now that it's broken. Yeah. So anyway, Jim, there are yeah. the I, I think that most of the...
0: It depends who you are, but I think some people will see this as a celebration mm-hmm. of Northern Ireland and a celebration of partition, rightly or wrongly. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, if I, I I I would agree with him not to go because of that. Yeah, but yeah, I, c- I
2: don't know. It was the churches who organised it, and I don't mm. I don't think you can accuse the Catholic Church certainly no. of no. as being supportive of the yeah. Northern Ireland statelet. Pat, would you go? I don't, I,
3: if you were president, my, Pat, yeah, if um, you were president, my my opinion is uh, Michael D should is president, and I think he should have gone. And sat down all nice in the in the corner and 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 and, tinged, and, and be, said these prayers. Yeah, and there wouldn't be a word about it.
2: There wouldn't. You're dead right, Pat. We wouldn't be talking about we'd be it. we be
3: talking about it at the
2: Nobody would have noticed it.
3: And I think <laughs> all right. Far, far, uh, if if we want to talk and and we want to get the under the spec in and and get around the people and maybe get, get uh, we I'd love to see a united Ireland. And I think everyone around the table here would. But um, I think we we have to maybe break down those barriers and go and just. And, and try and help uh, everything helps like you know the, yeah. it, it gives the mm. union uh, maybe a bit of a a bit of a football to kick now when, when, when he didn't uh, you know mm-hmm.
0: okay we'll go on to then our next subject which is something we said we wouldn't talk about at all this week and that is Shannon Airport and every week we end up saying we're not going to talk about Shannon next week because we've said too much but there's always something new so looking at the Clare Echo and Porrick McMahon has a piece on the front uh, on the front page. Uh, yeah. Transatlantic flights on the way, and that has been gaining some ground over the last while. That uh, the um, United Airlines are set to renew the route to, from Shannon to Newark, um, which, if it happened, would be would be absolutely brilliant, coming out of COVID. Um,
2: David. Yeah, it's a it's a good news story. Happily, most a lot of our stories are are not so good about Shannon, but this this is good. And even though it's a rumor, it it seems to be established um, almost because United Airlines on their website has ha, has Shannon listed as one of its. But it hasn't. Shannon uh, neither neither the Shannon Airport uh, nor the airline itself have actually formally announced. I suppose it's a big splash they want to. They want to get a bit... So, p- fair, play to, fair play to the journalists for getting this story, however they got it. Um, they, of course, United Airlines w- have been in Shannon for a very long time. And they were, doing, they were doing a flight every day, yeah. from April into
1: uh, oh. October. Which yeah, I mean. does
2: suggest that if you had Aer Lingus, on the one hand, doing American flights and United Airlines, that there was a bit of market demand.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wonder, were there any sweeteners involved?
2: Well, now there is a question,
1: John. Would you support it, the principle of sweeteners uh, costing uh, a little bit of taxpayers' money, David?
2: Um, we'd have to know the value of those sweeteners, and uh, uh, <coughs> as long as all, the, if if there was, if every company was getting a little share of that sweetened pie, mm. then fair enough. But I think it'd be a bit unfair now if uh, one airline was getting it and the other one wasn't i'm i'm all for equality and equity equity is the word i'm Mm. looking for but a
0: little you know a little seed money at the start (laughs) (laughs) to so that the thing will grow yeah i mean it's you know we we talked about this with ryanair a few weeks ago uh we don't know obviously what michael o'leary's deal is with shannon with all the we should know though shouldn't we should, commercially should, sensitive. It would sensitive. be commercially sensitive. Ah, yes, yeah. wouldn't it, Pat? How, how so?
3: response with companies, you know. They, they, Which they, other they airline is it.
2: coming into Shannon? <laughs> that, um, if they knew that there were these nice deals happening, surely they'd all want it, wouldn't they? Well, Norway had a chance, hadn't they? Norwegian Airways, yeah, and they, they botched yeah. it. Isn't mm. it our taxpayers' money, though, isn't it? It is. Surely we should know, roughly, mm.
3: what's yeah. going on. There was a. There was a bit of a debate the other week about £150 million going going to win t- for the America's Cup down in Cork. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so oh. you're, you're, you're wondering how about millionaires getting money uh, £150 million. That's yeah. back, Pat, hold on
1: a second now. I mean... That's only a, a a discussion that's going on at the
3: moment, isn't that right? That's all, yeah. But this, I think there's nearly But the
2: argument was that that one hundred, whatever investment would have been, um, <coughs> the exchequer would have gained three or four times yeah, I mean, over. Yeah. That yeah. yeah. the American, the American cup, or the American, what is it called? American, American cup. The American cup. American cup is is the third largest behind the World Cup yeah. and the and the rugby. It's the third largest um important sports uh, thing. Yeah,
3: but I have a debate about it last night about the well they maintained the last America's Cup, that was 900 million. Uh, this was ju- New Zealand, wasn't it? Ju- tuning in to see the television, and they ended up with 70 million. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's very easy to hike up, figures if you're looking for money. So you yeah.
1: wouldn't be in favour of, of us? Uh, sponsor, <laughs> well, sponsoring the America's Cup No,
2: I would not, know. no, no. Pat pa- is not entering his boat in it anyway <laughs> Because
3: all those, <laughs> all those people Are me the nails you know.
2: <laughs> But we leave the water we,
0: and get we back we to, the to the air, air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we're t- talking about, um, about Shannon Do you think it's right, John For Ryanair Let's say Ryanair to get uh, a little
1: Encouragement Absolutely. to come Absolutely, and I never change my tone Or tune <laughs> On that one, <laughs> since we started discussing it a long time ago. Isn't that right? Yes. But, yeah. you
2: think, but everybody should, like. would not got it, everybody
0: should.
1: Oh, well, yes. If they deliver yeah. the goods,
0: you, you may sweeten yeah. it. Okay. And why, then, is there such antipathy to Ryanair uh, among the, the, the great and the
1: good of but Leinster House? Sir David says that he prefers the seating, in Aer Lingus and and, and the it's hostesses. Much more comfortable. John. And the hostesses. Mm. I mean. I
2: have grown accustomed to comfortable seats. The seats that you're on. I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll keep this nice seat in the studio and we'll swap in <laughs> Ryanair seats for you, ge- gentlemen. And we'll see how long then you'll like the show. Yeah.
3: There's, there's two more uh, articles there as well one in Deco and on page 14 Importance of Shannon Link to Heathrow stress as Aer Lingus home Service by Paul McMahon. Mm. And then you have. Here in the in the champion as well in the in the Town page, Gerald yeah. at the airport, and there's a couple of um, pictures there of of people tra- yeah. of, uh, traveling,
2: and, and they're nice stories and they're individuals, um, and we need to hear the individual voice in this, don't we? Yeah. We but we should. We should probably also see the the raw de- the statistics. How many people were using that Aer Lingus flights? Uh, those, Air, those three those three flights. There's only one now. Remember, the deferred Cork or the moved Cork flight. That's only temporary. Now, and that's mm-hmm. only temporary. So where are the other three Aer Lingus yeah. flights gone?
3: Hmm. They're still taken, as I was saying before the programme. They they're still taken taking bookings for up to Christmas because um, they? my two lads are coming from, from, yeah. from Toronto and they're flying to Heathrow and they're going, coming over on Aer over from Heathrow to Shannon. To Shannon. Yeah, before Christmas. I
0: suppose though we are in a very uncertain period in terms of uh, flights and bookings because mm. the airlines probably don't know from one week mm. to the, the next other, yeah. how mm. things are going. Mm, yeah. um, but, but I suppose what we do need from Shannon to London whoever provides it is regular flights regular flights and,
2: and flights that uh, will help people who need to travel early in the morning and return late in the evening. There are a good as few people. Who as travel
1: was early. the situation before. Before wasn't yeah. it? It yes, was a it great was, service.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Lingus had a great service. Yeah, yeah. To be fair to them. Hmm. Um, but COVID has put an end to it, and uh, and maybe whatever commercial decisions that they've taken now. Yeah. And uh, to be to be fair for every airline it's tough at the moment
0: mm. okay so we'll we we'll listen I think we'll do a we'll do a trip to, to London uh, and to we'll investigate d- by and, the way did and we'll you get all c- we'll all take a different airline <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> tell me Jim did you get the phone call from Shannon that no. you were expecting no or still dis- waiting I'm still waiting that, uh, to remind our listeners again yeah i, I
0: Two emails, one from the website, uh, which is on the Shannon Airport website. I sent them an email asking for somebody to talk to us, um, no response. Then somebody that I know gave me an alternative email, and I sent exactly the same message on that one. And uh, this is, what, two... Three weeks now. Nearly three weeks ago now, Um, and I'm still waiting. Jim, what have you said or done...
3: (laughs) I tell Jim that they're probably, they're probably very busy uh, maybe <laughs> uh, org- organising their flights. with. <laughs> with <laughs> no, I I mean you're on the blacklist.
1: I'm, uh, G- but Jim, I'm reading one paragraph out of Park McMahon's uh, article on the Heathrow Shannon. And he said, <laughs> the CEO of the Shannon Group, Mary Considine, noted the vital business uh, uh, link provided by the Shannon to Heathrow service. The connectivity provided by Aer Lingus, At Shannon has always been a valuable contributor to the regional economy. The hub status of Heathrow for Business to connect with the global market is crucial. Now, that's the CEO of the Shannon Group. And you're after telling us for three weeks on a trot, you have failed to get a human voice to respond to you. From Shannon. From yes. Shannon. Now, is that does that strike anybody as a rather strange contradiction? Contradictions are usually strange anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we'll seriously, keep, we'll keep trying.
0: You keep trying, I, even if I have to go down and knock at a door. Mm. Will you be lucky to find anybody?
2: I'd say there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if they're not answering their phones, they're probably not in the office. They're not in but the maybe, office. But maybe maybe
0: pitch a tent. Yes. And yeah. uh, security, at least, will come.
2: And, and and so that people won't accuse me of a pro-airlingus bias, I am actually flying out uh, with Ryanair out uh, well, out of Dublin, because uh, it's the only flight I can get. Mm. <laughs> it's breaking of connectivity. Um, so I'll let you know uh, after that flight if the comfort on Ryanair has improved or not. Yes. Mm. Okay.
0: Okay. Mm. All right, we'll go on. The data centre, and we've discussed this for quite some time, the proposed data centre on the outskirts of Ennis, just on the, on the Tuller Road there near the the roundabout uh, beside the, the motorway, the M18. And apparently according to the front page of the Clare Champion the planned Ennis data centre development is on hold and the County Council has sought further information on the development. Uh, it's It's got a fair amount of traction in the media over the last while with Lots of groups uh, throwing in their tuppence worth. Environmental groups and that's a good though, isn't it? <coughs> this it isn't it? This must be good.
3: This must be the first time the, the company actually appeals here on the front. Uh, Art data centers, the Yeah, mm. we we didn't see we did, yeah. didn't. Hear I think they were before, mentioned before. all right a,
2: a yeah. few weeks back. But I'd love to know a little. <laughs> I, I actually looked them up. Art data centers. Their company based out of an address in Lucan. Not sure who the directors are. It actually would be good for the journalists maybe to do just to get a bit of background as to who the company or what the company is all about. Um, but it is on hold. It's a normal part of the planning process uh, to put to put uh, decisions off pending lots of questions, and rightly so. There there are lots of questions.
1: What on. one stand out for you?
2: It, it is what what stands out for me is is the energy usage. Mm. And I think for most people that is that that is the big one. Um, uh, Councillor Flynn, on which the article by Dan Danaher is 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 partially based. Yes, uh, I think is very sensible. On uh, this week, mm. we don't. I don't. Uh, we we don't often um, give credit to councillors. Mm. We we should actually. We should. Apply the rod and the wreath uh, equally.
1: His analysis is very good. Though, his analysis
2: is good, and um, he. In, it, it, it is and a quote from Dan Danaher's piece, which he himself is quoting from his, the submission. It is argued the data centre would use eighty megawatts of energy from the national electricity grid. 120 megawatts on site from a fossil fuel gas energy centre, which could result in the emission of an extra 650,000 tons annually of greenhouse gas emissions. Now, that's serious. Like. So it, it, it's massive, and in in so there's the emission side, and then there's the actual u- electricity usage, and we have a government at the moment that wants to um, create a much more sustainable. Um, electricity uh, network uh, but also to reduce gas house emissions so granting permission for this sort of thing would seem to fly in the face of that which councillor Flynn so councillor Flynn actually says let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, but actually get them to forget maybe the gas energy or at least reduce it and and put a more sustainable
1: and he says straight down the line he believes the applicant should be asked to outline the greenhouse gas emissions from the fossil-fueled operation of the data centre and design a plan mm-hmm. for an alternative, sustainable, green, low-carbon primary energy model for the centre. If That's, that's, that's an observation in my mind that could be applied to a lot of um, projects, mm-hmm. including data centres, yeah. Um, uh, oh, a, a, wind farms.
3: A, any
2: industrial estate, uh, like down, down near the University of Limerick, the big technological estate yes. there, I presume one of the reasons that Johnson & Johnson or whoever it was, yeah. c- certainly on their land uh, or, or, or their factory site, put up a massive wind turbine, wind um, which was their attempt, I presume, I'm only guessing, yeah. um, to kind of meet those sustainable energy things yeah. that big companies, some big companies, like to project, Yes. whether they do it now or not is another matter and um, what percentage of energy is actually used but um, outwardly looking it's, it's a positive thing but so I think Councillor Flynn uh, should be listened to on this one absolutely, he does raise absolutely. all sorts of other things uh, like flood risk assessment and this is only one submission uh, the, the, the Friends of envir- of the Irish Environment, Environmental Trust Ireland and Green Party MEP Kieran Cough are among those who have lodged submissions as well um, so, certainly, and 250 people in Ennis, as I think we said last year, signed a, signed a petition by Future Proof Clare. I'd love to know a little bit more about them, Future Proof Clare, um, suggesting that this may not be entirely what we want. If we're talking about sustainable
0: energy, though, for, yes. uh, for a data centre, I mean, how many, you know, windmills would it take uh, to run, a da- I mean, I'm not asking you to answer me, mm. but how many, question I would ask how many windmills it would take, how many solar panels it would take mm-hmm. uh, to run that, it would strike me. A that lot. It would be a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. A yeah. huge a lot. number.
2: Yeah, like mm. th- these are just soak up energy. Yeah. I keep going back to Pat O'Brien and his <laughs> Christmas dinner. Um, Even without a data centre, he might be stuck. Pat, you can always come over to my house and we'll see if we can get something for you. But but on the other hand, these data centres are necessary for our modern world, where Mm -hmm. everything we do, the recording that we are doing this evening, all our computer technology, it is all data and it all has to be stored somewhere. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. not something we can just turn well, our back on well, either. Well,
1: in, in, ca- in case there's any misunderstanding, we're not against what Councillor Cons- Flynn uh, has proposed. He has given a blueprint for how, in fact, projects might be handled.
3: Yeah. The major, isn't it, Pat? It's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's good.
3: It mm, is good, yeah.
1: Mm. Okay, listen,
0: we'll go on.
3: I think, just there before the government, Yes, Pat. Uh, I said um, uh, was it in, 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 um, in a previous uh, article that it, it could take what what power what would a power clearly american and and, and, and temporary together yeah, yes to, 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 power, to this. power this
2: it, it
0: soaks yeah. up energy yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we, we, we might all be in trouble for the Christmas <laughs> dinner <laughs> I'm only taking pass. Yeah. yourself and, yourself and uh, John can
2: make your own way
0: John I see a, a headline there in front of you
1: Neighbours from Hell They're forcing people to flee and,
0: and that's, that's something that uh, puts chills up all our spines the it idea does. of Neighbours from Hell
1: now, members, it's an declared champion, uh, members highlight serious incidents of antisocial behaviour from council tenants in other parts, we're emphasising this, Jim, in other parts of the county. Yes. And it has come also from other counties, other towns in other counties across the country. Antisocial behaviour. We had some little evidence of it at one stage here with the people uh, damaging some of the property on the Riverside Park, isn't that right? Yes. But generally speaking, we have a law-abiding, do you know? It strikes me that uh, people don't sometimes buy into the idea that we are members of society and we have responsibilities and expectations, isn't that right? We have rights, and we have res- corresponding responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And all the co- this lady in her article was asking for is: can she be facilitated to go about her business, you know, without interference from uh, you know people who have who are acting the, the, the you know the blackguard. Hmm. So if somebody moves in
0: beside you, mm. uh, not that they're physically damaging your property, perhaps, or injuring you, or stealing from you, mm-hmm. but causing a nuisance, mm-hmm. partying half the night, you know, littering the place a bit in their own side. Just yep. generally, um, there's no doubt about it. It it takes from the value of your property. It does, but also it keeps you awake at night and causes you stress. Um, what's what recourse have we got has anybody
2: got you have the if, if it is a breach of the peace you have a recourse to the law presumably um, uh, we, don't, we don't in this country have um, anti Asbos, as they're called in England, these orders that are given and which, uh, oh, maybe we do. Um, Maybe we do, Asbos. So that's obviously a recourse (laughs) that I wasn't aware of. but, um, But I don't think the council, like, I mean, or any other landlord has... Responsibility? As a responsibility in that sense. Oh, on, a landlord has a responsibility to make sure his or her property is kept in decent repair and whatever other covenants might be in the, in the lease, hmm. um, you might lose your deposit. Littering would be a good example, maybe, hmm. if, if you're not keeping the place in, 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 a, in a good state. Now but, you, but hold now. Yeah?
1: Could it, When you use the, word, the expression littering,
2: I'm, I'm borrowing that now from Jim, yeah, in case I, I get into yes. trouble about no, this. No no, no, no,
1: littering, which uh, straight away, there's a material, there's a material obser- observable, isn't that right? That's right. And you can decide, well, who's responsible or not yeah. for cleaning that up. Yeah. But there's a, a more abstract thing. Being kept awake until four o'clock in the, in the morning on a constant basis well, do you
2: know? who, who, who do you go to, like if I was that neighbour in distress, mm. who, who would solve that problem? That's I don't think it's the council's responsibility to solve that well, problem, the, the council are taking or the other private landlord, let you, it be you, said. Well,
1: you're going to have to talk now to your county councillors, because they are taking it up, they have an officer within the council. That's the point about the
2: article. But all they can do is, um, uh, as is referenced here by Dan Danaher, in in towards the. I I always think the best pieces of of, um, these articles are in the last couple of paragraphs. Yeah. Because you get the real answers from the council. In accordance with our anti-social behaviour strategy, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Uh, It's a strategy adopted by the council earlier this year. The council is committed to the preservation of the peaceful occupation, it's only, it's only a policy. Mm. They'll hire these officers. It's a bit like, a bit like um, dog poo. Come back to that old mm. issue. Uh, it's up to the owners to clean up after them. It's not up to the council. Or the dog. And Or the dog. The council can put a bit of pressure on you and maybe we might be able to fine you if they catch you in the act. The same way as the police can fine you if, if they catch you doing something in the act or Mm. if they have evidence of it. Mm. Um, So the council can only put pressure. Same as in my own university, where we have a bit of antisocial behaviour on at the moment. The university can only um, put pressure on the students because they're outside of the grounds of the university, and the university's writ has no authority over them.
1: Do you know, Hmm. uh, an interesting uh, continuation on that, I think, is there was a period in uh, the life in Galway City back in the decades gone by, when students were being attacked by hooligans from a particular part of the city. And it became quite a serious situation. And the students decided to take action. Now, oh, I'll get your reaction to this. The stu- I witnessed this now. You so weren't part no, of it. No, no, no. I would never <laughs> dream of being part of it. Okay. But I, w- I witnessed it. And I remember being at a dance in the wa- in the wa- in the Warwick I think hotel. Pat is
2: smiling. He's thinking and every story you've been at a dance, John. The, yeah, well,
1: <laughs> Ward came in. It was a student dance, and Ward came into the into the <laughs> bottom of the hotel yeah. that the, the the group from that that part of the city, which we had been talking about, okay, earlier, were outside beating up a couple of students. Well, the hall emptied, okay out onto the onto the road but 12 o'clock at night or at half 11 and they, the hooligans began running but fit the students there must have been a hundred at least <laughs> followed them and eventually they got they got swallowed up
2: and the mold.
1: guard, and the guarder passed by <laughs> and wisely continued going <laughs> okay and the end result, no. And I'm, i uh, Take it for what you li- like, but it, it happened. That never happened again. It did not happen. But again. we
2: wouldn't be, of course, advocating vigilantism. No, no,
1: no, yeah. not at
2: all. But of course, b- people do react. You know. Okay. Can
0: we? Last item before the break. Pat, the world of matchmaking is alive and well. <laughs> oh yeah,
3: listen, listen, uh, listen. Werner, matchmaker, uh, swapping the ball for Spain. Uh, this is an article here by Pollock McMahon. It's on page 4 of the Echo. The Werner Verne World Fest Matchmaking Festival is swapping the spa for sunny Spain. Euro- Europe's biggest singles event will be held in the small coastal town of Cabo Roig in Alicante over eight days next month. Earlier this summer, the Liston Verne Matchmaking Festival was cancelled for the second year in a row. Tens and thousands of visitors flocked to Nachtlear every September and October. Each year from, six, from the six-week festival, which begins 160 years ago. Well, um, Willie Daly is heading off to, to Spain, and uh, he's going to have a 10-day festival out there from the, the Spanish. It's a thundering um. disgrace. <laughs> 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 that we've lost the business. That we've lost it. Do you, remember,
2: do you remember there was that big tech conference in, <coughs> in Dublin, and they decided to bring it out to Portugal or Spain because the well. Irish government yeah, wouldn't... Yeah put on a... Sponsor. When sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want our politicians on this immediately <laughs> that um, the amount of money and love that is being lost <laughs> because of a decision... Is it Willie Daly himself or is it the whole festival committee are taking us off? Will he, will, will, and, um, will he ever get
1: it will back?
3: Willie and
1: the two daughters. I wonder...
3: It's a big book there, with him. In, in all
0: seriousness, thing. do many people meet their partners in you know, this to varna or a matchmaking festival, or is it people just go for a bit of crack and a few what, pints? What do, you,
1: what, what do you mean by the crack? <laughs>
3: well, some people go, go for, for a bit of a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> some people go for a bit of fun and a few pints and uh, it's worth to chat up a few women, but uh, other fellows think might be interested in meeting a wife, especially if yeah. they're sho- shoving on in years. You know. Yeah, I, I knew know.
2: people in Mitchellstown, who, uh, no, they were widows. Yeah, uh, they were they were on their way to Verna. Now they really? didn't marry as a re- they didn't never remarried, but they might have had a bit of crack. Yeah, <laughs> but there was a possibility. Actually, the, actually
3: yes. the Listonvaren festival is going well this year, even even that it's cancelled. It's not I was I was talking to a, a, a fellow that was back from America there last week, and he he was up there, and he said there was there was, there was a good crowd and there was music and dancing and. Um, uh, (laughs) It was a fringe festival, wasn't it? (laughs) The social distancing was over, John. (laughs) Well, Pat, I mean, and you mentioned
0: music there. It's nearly time for a bit of music uh, to... Yeah, uh, at the halfway point or we're past the I'll just, halfway point the story I'll
3: just, I mean, I'll just quote Willie do me. yes I'll imagine the Spanish fellas with their Latin blood would be a bit more forward than the Irish lads Irish lads tend to be shy and only get going once they have a rake of pines in <laughs> their <laughs> uh, he's doing down <laughs> Irish fellas there now. yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that's the it's the worst thing he could have ever done to bring to introduce
0: Spain into this it situation Anyway, have you a bit of music for Anyway, us? I
3: suppose, uh, as, as we're talking about Liston Werner, we'll, we'll have Christy Moore and Liston Werner. Bring it back to Liston Werner.
1: Well done, Pat. Everybody needs a break. Climb a mountain or jump in a lake. Sean Doherty goes to the roses of Trillet, and Oliver J. Flanagan goes swimming in the Holy Sea but I like the music in the open air so every summer I go to Clare cos Woodstock knockin' the Feast of Cana could hold a match to Listoon Varna Oh, Varna Oh, uh,
0: The great Christy Moore there and Listoon Varna. What a fabulous, fabulous song. Uh, We'd have something else, I suppose, from Pat before the end of the show today. But John, uh, during the break there, we were talking about the Samaritans and you came across a piece, I think by Owen Ryan. That's right. In The Clare Champion.
1: And Jim, (laughs) uh, what can one say about the work which the Samaritans do? It's well known you know, the significant role which they play. They are short of volunteers. They provide a free service and, you know, that little article is an appeal to people as well as supporting the Samaritans in their annual collection but also a phone number if you need to actually contact it you feel a a stress getting too much for you, okay things going against you. You know the way that life can deal rough hands at times. And so uh, the service is a 24-hour service totally voluntary and the number, Jim, is
0: 116123. 116123.
1: Or email joe at that's j o at samaritans.ie joe at samaritans.ie
0: we had Margaret on there a couple of weeks we ago had, on Saturday yeah. Chronicle yeah. From, uh, from the Ennis branch of the mm. Samaritans, and she... They do did, did great
3: work to me, do you know? They do fantastic work,
0: and I mean, you know, how many people are saved by contact yeah. with the Samaritans? Uh, w- and we'll never know. Okay, back to, I suppose, festivals are beginning to uh, pop their head up again, and we have a festival in Mount Shannon uh, mm. next weekend. We have two groups in Mount Shannon who, who hold festivals. Well, we had the Mount Shannon Arts, which normally uh, have their festival on the, around the June Bank holiday weekend or in the lead up to it. And then we've had our own Cleona, who has had a traditional uh, trad weekend. So the two groups are coming together to produce a festival in Mount Shannon next weekend. And this will be a public festival. Uh, pass, I think. Have you got something there? Have
3: there? It's on um, page 16 of, of the Clare Echo in the Arts and Entertainment section Connection and re- Regeneration at the Heart of Mount Shannon Arts. Anticipation is swirling around the Mount Shannon Air as a special merger between the Trade Festival and the Arts Festival as comes to fruition next weekend. Regeneration is the theme of the two mini-festivals which take place as part of the Mount Shannon Arts Festival in East Clare that sees the Ashclare Park serve a centre stage hosting an open air market with uh, one event already completed since June. The second is scheduled for run on 24th and 26th, 26th of September which has been a staple part of the calendar of Mount Shannon Tribe Festival running from 2010 to 2019 while this year. 2021, next and that's the 25th anniversary of the Arts Festival. Mm. Actually, it's, a, it's a great initiative on board, board committees to, to, to have the festival and uh, yeah. hopefully it will go well for them.
0: And Scarlet Bay Community Radio will be live uh, at the festival yeah. as well next weekend. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of a, a man I've known a long, long, long time. It's on the front of uh, the living section of the Clare Champion, taken, who else, but by John Kelly. Uh, Liam Waterstone, I think just a fantastic photograph in black and white and Liam has what appears to be a fishing rod uh, with him, and of course Liam is synonymous with fishing um, and the Waterstones in Mount Shannon would be, would have been excellent fishermen
2: Well whatever about the fantastic um, photograph which is part of the exhibition of portraits uh, of, of, of John Kelly's portraits the photographers for the Clare Champion it's the story that people will be interested in. We don't have time to go into it, but uh, I, I'd recommend people look at The Living and read that story. It's a bit Hemingway-ish. It's mm. one man and a fish. And a fish, it is. And that's it all is. I think we should say.
1: Seven and, well, the seven and a half pound fish, if you want to see the fish, <laughs> it's stuffed, okay, Below. You're giving uh, uh, it away now, John. Oh, no, you can go and see that fish.
2: Yeah, but you have to read the story first. Yes, hmm.
1: but, uh, oh, yes, it's a great story.
2: I was hoping the fish might have got away. Like yeah. Well,
0: the yeah. story, as I said, the pictures is by John Kelly. The story is by Dan Danaher. And John has an exhibition, or there are an exhibition of photographs taken by John, uh, portraits of individuals around East Clare and uh, Liam is, is I'm sure is one of them Um yeah. and there's there's about 12 or so photographs yes. taken yes. and uh, that'll be in Anita's over the weekend in Anita's beside uh, Keane's yes pub there in Mount Shannon but uh, it's 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 a great you know it's a great record I suppose but it's also it shows off to the full John Kelly's brilliant photography he
2: has an amazing talent he has
0: indeed mm. okay uh Yesterday, I suppose we're looking back at something now. But yesterday, we had the launch of Tomas Macnamara's book, and of course, it's well covered all through um, the Clare Champion. And I think it's something that he's John S. He spent seventeen
1: years researching a long time, yeah. and uh, and he says himself that, of course, what he he was trying to do was to capture the mood. Of the time. It's not an easy thing, it's sure not David, no. in, in history to, no. you know, no. be no. able to, to do that. Yeah. And um, a perusal of the book has told me, I can't wait to actually sit down and read it. No, okay. I can guarantee that the reader is in for a major feast. Okay. Yeah. It's a tragic story, but it's a story that had to be told. And, um, As he says
2: himself, of course, uh, locals will know the story, but mm. he's gone much more in depth. And it's not necessarily about the story; it's about it's about getting an interpretation and analysis of that story mm. and its significance, or otherwise. Um, so it's not a, simply a retelling; it's much more than that. It is, yeah, mm. and
1: and I think he is um, he has successfully uh, got that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Tell me, he, he's a great believer in the value of memory.
2: Well, that's his thing, and, um, it's, and this book is partly based. Uh, he, I mean, he interviewed uh, a 105-year-old woman who recalled the incident the day after, and so he is fascinated, and all of his work, a lot of his work is oral history. Um, he's probably one of the finest oral historians that, that we have in the country, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, he's now in charge of the Cork Folklore Project on behalf of UCC. He was uh, uh, heavily involved in Cuevening and Clare, So in a way, this, this project comes from all of that work. As he says himself, he isn't at it 17 years constantly. Mm-hmm. But of course, in and out, and there's peaks and troughs. Uh, but I think we would congratulate him. Um, on, on this publication and I know there's a, a special documentary going out on this station mm-hmm. um, as well and I think he's he's the principal sp- speaker, the presenter on it mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Okay, anyway, we, we wish uh, Tomás well yeah. in that uh, I'm looking at uh, the Clare Echo here and five autumnal wood walks David, you're great for these uh, to highlight what's available. Well, most of them are in East Clare.
2: Yes, and uh, again, the Clare Clare Echo, we do like this section of the Clare Echo, page 19, Mm. and it's done with, uh, supported by Visit Clare, which is part of the County Council, um, highlighting, I think for us, for locals, it's not really... Intended for tourists to have a look at this. Of course, they're very welcome to come along. But uh, five autumnal wood walks, and many of them will be known to you. Uh, number one, Drumore Wood Loop. Uh, Ballycogran is there. I'm not sure that's the right spelling of Ballycogran, but anyway, uh, Ballycogran Crag Wood Walk, and there's a nice picture. Uh, if you can get that high up on those hills, well done to you. I've never. <laughs> To the top, uh, Ballyvahan Wood Loop, and there's Cratlow Wood. Cratlow Wood is a nice place to visit as well, especially if you have children, because there's there is um, there's picnic tables, as it says here, um, and there's a very nice playground area, and of course something very close to Pat O'Brien's heart, uh, the Twelve O'Clock Hills Recreational and Heritage Project, uh, and we know from Pat, and he said it a few times. That it's been an amazing success, the number, the thousands of people that have been attracted. And of course, COVID has reminded us that all of these are essential to, to our mental health uh, and to our physical health. Uh, and there's lovely pictures. So we congratulate the Clare Echo and visit Claire. I think we would congratulate the Manny for highlighting these and let's get was, out walking. I was up yeah.
3: at the, i done the 13 kilometre uh, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock hails walk on Tuesday morning, so Fair play Uh, to you. uh, I noticed uh, you had lost a few pounds, About a quarter-past 11 to (laughs) about three hours. Quarter-past 11 to quarter-past 2.
0: And Pat, in the Clare Champion on the East Clare page this week, uh, there's mention of a... A uh, an anniversary I think
3: for yeah, the 12 o'clock hills did I see a, a photo of Patsy Neville oh yeah well Patsy's the, the head man in, in, in the 12 o'clock hills um, yeah they're having uh, seven week or seven years anniversary this, this year and uh, he's going to have a special uh, walk on the end of, end of September uh, the programme of events for the month includes a 20k hike from Oldfield Church Car Park and it takes all, in all the three trails uh, options that are on offer from Belvoir Trail Care Park. The hike is for the fisher and more experienced hillwalkers. So that's me out <laughs> and you in, Pat we <laughs> you on that one. Uh, From Belvoir we will be organising all three hikes, which are 5K, 8K, and 13K, to, including a fairyland walk for families. Uh, so uh, he's having a, um, um, it's going to be in the Clear Champion, I think, next week. Um, he's going to have a promotion on it uh, from the anniversary. So, yes. Yeah.
0: And also on the page pad, and staying within your own parish, and my Clare Champion is after disintegrating in front of me. Uh, Kilkishan invites cyclists to saddle up to support community fundraising.
3: Yeah, the, the that's Mike Hogan Mike must be involved in that. Michael Hogan, there, and the, and the, the Kilkishan Development uh, Association. They, they run this uh, East Clare um, cycle every year. Uh, raising funds, and um, it's, it's it comes to Scarif from Mount Shannon and all around Feigl, and they, they have a 100-kilometre a route, uh, travels via Six Mile, six mile Bridge, Bradford, Paddyke, scarf into Mount Shannon, for a food stop for Mount Shannon. The, the cycle can, continues to Scarif, Feigl, Gantaree, and Tuller before returning to Turkey, and the 50k route then travels via Six Mile Bridge, Bradford, Paddyke, and returns by, via Tuller. Um, it's organised by the Calcation Development Association and all the funds will, raise co- will go towards the cultural centre.
0: Okay. And I see a planned lodge to convert a butcher shop into a cafe and that's in Calcation as well.
3: Yeah, there's planning permission there um, for... for um, uh, that's on page a 11. No, a new no cafe in, in, in page 11 on the, on the Clear Champion. Uh, Dan Danner has the story there and there's... Um, People there, they have applied for Planet Ambition thought to convert uh, an old butcher stall which they have really recently done up and uh, to converted to a, a, a cafe. Very good. So, so, so it's much all yes. Good news. Jim,
1: no. Jim, there's an article that one could easily miss because it, it relates to North and West Clare and it's on the, on the Champion and it's by Owen Ryan. And it relates to something which, you know might be uh, of uh, germane to our interest in tourism here in East Clare. How would you feel if there's an application in East Clare to build and provide a, car- a camper van caravan park?
2: Um, That's now... now he's John is opening up a massive conversation with
1: five <laughs> minutes to go. No, <laughs> we can leave it, you see, but just it's an in t- a
2: number of this uh, is Dune Beg now, John. You're talking it about it is Dune yeah. And mm. I'd love to come into this because, um, but I think I won't have time because if it was Mr. Trump proposing this, I'd say we wouldn't have a problem at all, would we?
1: No, probably not. <laughs> could I suggest that we acknowledge its presence on the champion? It's a worthwhile read, yeah, and that we come back to it next week. I think we
0: should come back to it, John. yeah, okay, John. Thanks a million. The um, no. I, I was going on to something else there, and my... Where did uh, you... A
2: slip? A oh slip yes, of the mind? Oh,
0: yes. No, a slip hazard uh, in, in <coughs> Ballycogoran. That's right. At, at Two Mile Gate. Uh, uh, uh,
2: and I think that, well, yes, Two Mile Gate. It's, this is Dan Danaher's story on page 8 of yes. The Champion. Um, and the council, the, the headline is, Council urged to address slip hazard at swim spot. Nice use of alliteration there. Yes. Uh, Clare County Council and Waterways Ireland have been urged to pool their resources to source an anti-slip mat following reports of an extraordinary number of falls at a popular East Clare bathing spot. Uh, this mat will cost 3000 What? €3,000 it would cost um, to prevent the swimmers. Um, it is a popular place for swimmers uh, getting injured. Now, it's strange. Uh, I, I always thought these things were called slipways. The clue there is yes. in the, yeah. the water. You world. slip into Brilliant. the water. Yeah, you slip in, and it's these things are designed, of course, with boats in mind. You put, you yeah, put your. Tr- so you know, there is usually a place where swimmers can actually climb up a ladder and get yes. out of these things. Mm. But anyway, um, the council is being urged by Killaloo community members, um, um, Dr. Alison Bonham and Pam. TEAS, I think it is, have launched an online petition to expedite a solution to a series of accidents on the slipway. So anyway, it'll cost £3,000. It will cost 3000 it does not exactly say where the, where the money might come from. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to watch we'll have that to one. What? What okay,
0: we're, we're nearly out of time, folks. I see Scarif Bay Community Radio. We can't leave ourselves out. <laughs> We've got uh, plenty of coverage in both Care yeah. Champion and the clear echo. This There's week. a very
2: dashing photograph of of James Collins. I think he's being sponsored by Gap, <laughs> um, because he's sporting a, a very a red a red um, piece of clothing, uh, sweater or something with Gap on it. And he's he's in full flight as he's talking to. Uh, the Scarra Senior Hurling Manager, Mac, Mark not McKenna. Not. The photo is by Ruth Griffin. You're looking great there, Jim, it has to I'm be said. I'm trying
0: to get Mark up to the to Leo and Pat at the commentary <laughs> point after the game. And I There's think a bit of
2: urgency, obviously. There is a bit of
0: urgency. Mark had to go and talk to the opposition. And then he had to give his own lads a pep talk. And uh, But we got him up eventually. That was down in, I think that was in, in Shannon. Last yeah. year, after the tulllla match mm-hmm. our
2: our listeners don't need to the the need the benefit of these two stories because it simply says that um we're back on FM, mm. so the listeners kind of know that. Um, but there is there is one important um, thing to say to keep the station going, isn't there? yeah quite right. Mm. Yes,
0: yeah, so next weekend we have our annual Churchgate collection, and I suppose we would appeal to our listeners. Um, to To do what you can during, we will be at all churches around East Clare either on Saturday evening or on Sunday, and or both. And uh, we ask everybody because this is a, a not-for-profit station. We don't uh, take advertising, and we're all volunteers. But it does cost a bit to run the station, so we're looking to. We're looking for people who who want the station to continue to, you know, to expand and to grow and to develop, um, to please give us a handout, help us out at next weekend's Churchgate
1: collection. And Jim, I suppose if, if you won anything in the old lotto in recent times, you might think think <laughs> of the radio station. Yes. Or, and, and cattle are going very well at the Marta. So, at the so we <laughs> understand
2: from the farming pages. Yeah. <laughs> and Listen, if f- the directors of Gap Corporation are out there, we'd welcome their support as <laughs> we well. We would
0: indeed. Listen, my thanks to everybody this evening. Thanks to John S. Welcome, Jim. Uh, and to Pat. Thanks, Jim. And to David. Pleasure, Jim. Uh, and thank you for listening uh, out there in FM land or online land wherever you are um, Pat O'Brien usually has the last word so Pat what musical delight have you for us to finish up on
3: well, we'll Randy Jones uh, of Village People was 69 during the week so uh, we'll have village people with, uh, we can do a bit of disco dancing you know, we'll finish, you know with y- <laughs> who's going to
2: dress up as the policeman y-
3: YMCA <laughs>
2: well it's a
0: good job it's radio
3: <laughs> listen thank
0: you very much uh, we'll see you next week uh, please God at 2 o'clock next Sunday uh, goodbye and God bless